minus one minute. T minus fifty seconds. T minus forty seconds. Minus thirty seconds. T minus twenty seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Zero. Own it, own it, own it, Kong. I own it. It did. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. What is going on, you guys? Welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's show on the planet. Wow, it's been a minute since Stephanie and I have been here together. Either one week I'm here and then Stephanie's not. And then one week Stephanie is here, like last week, and I'm not. But we're finally here back together to cover all things dealing with SmackDown and Rampage. And tonight's show was, it was quite interesting. It was very long. I felt like SmackDown was really long, uh, to be honest. I will say that. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Dreon Santana. You're an EIC of Women's Wrestling Talk. And of course, right here next to me is Stephanie Hardy, Queen Steph Hardy, of course, my co-host. Um, and we cover SmackDown and Rampage. Yes, we do two shows in one. Okay? Just so you know. So when SmackDown is done talked about, we go right into Rampage. But Stephanie, how are you doing? We're we're back together. You know? It's been a minute. I'm so glad I'm back with Sin. Oh, my God. I know it's been a lot and it's been a while, but life has been lifing and Stuff has been popping off, but I'm so glad that we are back together to talk about SmackDown and Rampage because stuff has just been happening. And it's just, I feel like tonight was just really solid in terms of the content, in terms of both SmackDown and Rampage. So I cannot wait to get into all of it. Like SmackDown did feel long, but it still felt like it was still pretty good and filled with good stuff so i'm really excited to get into that and rampage too because mm-hmm. stuff happened on rampage that i'm really amped about and i just want to talk about no, it and i'm glad right? i get to talk about it with you yeah of course but let's not waste any time let's go ahead and jump right in i mean why not start smackdown off with of course a banger like this match here i mean we started out smackdown friday night smackdown with sheamus versus solo sequoia the newest member of the bloodline um, and this match was really good. I mean, 
yeah, that this match was really good. I will have to say it was a great, great opening to what transpired last week. If you guys don't know, last week SmackDown was in New Orleans where I was. I was in the presence of Pete Dunn's last bush. I don't understand. Uh, and they had a fatal four-way match to see who was going to be the one to face uh, Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Well, seems as like there was a lot of issues and things going on. And it inserted Sammy and Jay Uso to get involved. And this is how we led up to this match here. And I mean, like I said, it started out really great. Really good match. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But it seems as if like Jay and Sammy once again still cannot get on the same page at all whatsoever to the point where they they almost called Solo the match. But in actuality, with the assist of having Butch, oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this, having Butch and Ridge Hollins out there, we thought maybe it would have evened out the odds, but it necessarily didn't. Because even throughout this match, you can see the issues still happening with Jay and Sammy. But then they started kind of being on the same page when they got kind of, you know, got rid of the brawling groups. And it was just uh, Sheamus all by himself because they kind of they basically threw the whole uh, announce table on top of them. And there was no way for them to escape, which left Sheamus kind of all alone. And um Sammy, with a little bit of a sense of distraction, ended up costing Sheamus the match he ended up, and Solo Sequoia ended up taking home the victory, um, like we see here. And, uh, well, that wasn't the only thing that happened out here. Obviously, they wanted to find a way to get rid of Sheamus. And so, seems as if, like, Jay, honestly, treated uh, Sheamus' arm like, it, like he was hitting Sammy. That's the only thing I can think of, because he was going real crazy uh, with with the chair shots to Sheamus' arm, and I mean, who who knows, you know, what's going to happen with Sheamus? It seems like he could be out with an injury due to the bloodline, and it seems as if like maybe the brawling boots, Pete and um, Pete Butch and Ridge Hollins might be took by themselves, you know, as the bloodline reigns here. So Stephanie, with this being the opening match, seeing how everything went from the beginning up until the end, what are your thoughts? Well, I feel like this match was really good, and we actually got to see a lot of strategic targeting from Solo Sokoa. Like, he really did target Sheamus's arm, which I feel like was really smart because he is a very strong man. And so it's just like when he uses his arms to either lift you or slam you down, like, you feel that. So for him to target his arm like that and then going up against someone who is like a veteran like Sheamus, like that was really good. And he showed that he was able to rise to the occasion of fighting against someone like Sheamus, especially considering Sheamus has been riding this wave of momentum since Clash at the Castle, where he's been beefing with Gunther and beefing with everybody else to prove that he's that guy. Um, but he just couldn't get away from the shenanigans of the bloodline and even though the bloodline wasn't really all on the same page it's like they still wanted solo to win so they did whatever was necessary in order for him to try to win the match and they did that they got rid of Sheamus's team isolated him um in the sense of attacking them and basically just 
um gave solo the upper hand and he was able to win but i don't want to i don't want that to take away from solo's performance at all it's not like he really needed them to cheat for him but it but i'm not going to sit here and pretend like it didn't help him in the long run in order to win the match so it was um pretty solid but then at the same time they were punishing Sheamus and i'm just like why are y'all doing all of this to try to like like break his arm or break his soul like it was just terrible and i was just like dang y'all really ain't got to go this far but i thought it was interesting when jay wanted to take it further sammy stopped him and i was just like that's interesting you know for you to be on the bloodline side you really did stop jay uso from going full mad dog on sheamus like that and i think that's a very interesting dynamic and i feel like it's ultimately going to lead to them fighting for either their place in the bloodline or just fighting each other just because they have all this tension and i'm ready to see that take place but either way you can still see the tension rising little by little and i'm ready for it but either way it was a really solid match and um segment regardless with these men yeah i definitely feel like eventually at some point jay might be kicked out of the bloodline Right. It's very possible. The way that it's going, the the more that the more uh, tense that we see and a lot of build up and tension with Sammy and Jay and how Roman treats Sammy versus how he treats Jay and how basically how literally how everyone else treats Jay versus how they treat Sammy. It's very different. Everyone looks at Jay as like, you know, the hothead, the the aggressor. And Sammy looks like, the, you know, the nice guy trying to keep the calm and the peace and the composure with the bloodline, trying to make smarter decisions instead of, you know, acting out over out of anger, you know, being to control yourself. And it's, it's starting to, to really show that maybe Jay is not the problem. Jay's right. trying to bring some fuel to the bloodline. He's trying to he's trying to be a, to show you guys that listen. If we're gonna be out here showcasing our dumbness while Roman Reigns is not here, then uh, let's show that. But Sam is trying, like you know, let's make smart decisions. Let's think about this for a second, you know. And it's just like Sammy is Sammy is really really bumping himself up to like being like secondary up on the Roman. To be honest. So maybe Sammy is is a real right hand man of Roman Reigns. He tries to be everybody together. And Joseph says Sammy was Sammy kissing enough but forced Roman to forget he wouldn't have made it to 782 day what well, 700 day 782 as a man if it wasn't for Jay. That's very true. But it's low key looking like that's what's happening. Like mm-hmm. Sammy is doing so much, you know, for him and for the bloodline that Roman is really forgetting that Jay is the reason why he's been, he's the catalyst for mm-hmm. his dominance. And it's, it's really sad and you hate to see it, but honestly, maybe this will lead to Jay Uso striking out his own again. Maybe so. You know, I mean, he was many Jay Uso at one point. He won the, what is it, Andre Memorial Battle Royal Trophy and everything. Like he won that and stuff. So it's like, I think eventually at some point, Jay Uso is really going to find his voice to stick up for himself, especially against Roman and the entire yeah. line. Yes, and possibly win an Emmy. Maybe so. 
<laughs> Let's move on within the show. Uh, shout out to Ray Mysterio. He is now a newest member of the SmackDown brand. His Woo. home where he thrives at the most. I feel like SmackDown is Ray Mysterio's territory. It, it is. Feels, it feels just like 2006. All over again. I swear the excitement, the excitement is crazy. Having a chance to watch this man wrestle for the first time in my life last week in New Orleans, I, it was amazing. Didn't know he was coming either. So you can't even imagine like being like this close to Ray Mysterio and breathing the same air as him. Um, but someone who else is breathing the same air as Ray Mysterio. Uh, Ludwig and uh, Giovanni approaches Ray, who was entering the building, and basically, you know, they kind of make fun of him and try to talk about him and, you know, say all types of things that this is not Ray Mysterio. He's a legend, a future Hall of Famer, a former World Heavyweight Champion, you know, former uh, Royal Rumble winner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it seems as if like they're trying to downplay Ray as if he had to run away from Raw from his badass son Dominic who then fell off and went with the thugs over there and he can't get himself together and he know his father and everything while all the other adults is beating up Dominic, but his dad won't hit him. And so honestly, you know, they said all these types of things and talked about how maybe, you know, if he really thinks he has a chance to go up against Guther, this is a man who beat the big show. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I don't, I don't think Ray is scared, I, but, but Gunther is, is different. You know what I'm saying? Although Big Show was giving out big chops and, you know, knockout punches, Gunther's a little different. This man's from a different country. Um, he hits harder probably than the Big Show. Um, and I honestly think that Ray might be able to outsmart Gunther and maybe capture the, you know, Intercontinental Championship. But Ray wanted to put it to a test. And so he, you know, challenged Louis to a match later on tonight. And, well... We end up getting it later on within the show. But Stephanie, why do you think that, you know, Giovanni and Louis are trying to downplay Ray Mysterio as if they've forgotten who this man is? Because they're cocky and they've been sipping too much of Gunter's um, Gatorade, Haterade, whatever. Like, you will not, I don't care what country you're from and I don't care how strong your main guy is in whatever faction, you will not disrespect El Jefe. You will not do that. You will not disrespect El Jefe, okay? Rey Mysterio is the boss. He is the blueprint. He is the reason why so many Hispanic wrestlers today do what they do. Like, you will not disrespect the icon who literally, you know, is getting his life back. Like, you see that man in that, in that Louis Vuitton hoodie? Like, this man... This man has money, okay? <laughs> like from wrestling all over the world, he is a goat. You will not disrespect the goat. Like he is the reason you are here. He is the reason you are in this hallway. So you will not disrespect him. I don't care who your leader is, and I don't care who how strong he is. Rey Mysterio has beaten bigger men. He has, and he does not care. He does not care. He will beat you regardless. He'll beat you on any show, house show. Like backyard show, whatever. Don't do him. And Rey Mysterio had everything to prove, and 
he basically challenged him. He was like, look, if one of y'all got the balls, except he didn't say, you know, he said the Spanish word for it. And I can't repeat it because I don't know what it is specifically. <laughs> but when he told him that and he held his hand out, you knew exactly what he said. So, you know what? Rey Mysterio is never afraid. He's He has made his career off of fighting bigger men and even smaller men than these two. And they tried it, but they failed miserably. They thought they ate, but they're starving. So stop. Well, the only thing I would say about Ray, I've always been a big fan of Ray Mysterio. Always love this man. I just wish that he would have this energy to smack the sun down. That's all I'm. That's all I'm asking. Like I thought that part. I'm <laughs> like all I, I just. You just gotta backhand him like one time. He's gonna straighten out. He's gonna get himself together. He won't have anything to worry about. But. You know, he won't knock his son down, but, you know, he's going to knock one of them down tonight. But we'll definitely get into it. But getting into more things that happened on Friday Night SmackDown, I mean, we have to talk about Bray Wyatt, who makes his triumphant return at Extreme Rules. And for the first time, we got to see him actually, you know, well, those with Extreme Rules got to see him for a little bit, probably. But for us, who was there last week, we got this man to come out with a full entrance and he spoke to us or to someone who's controlling him or to himself or to all these other people that we may not know about. All the split personalities that Bray Wyatt may be going through. Yeah, let's go with that. But we get a message from him. And I mean, it seems as if like Bray just basically implied that whatever happens, he's going to follow within the circle. And whatever he does, he will not regret it. Whatever that means, I have absolutely no idea. But I am every, like, since since I want to say this whole white rabbit thing has been going on and finally getting Bray back, I feel like there's so much that's about to be built up with Bray and him having this creative control over his character that whatever the outcome is, it's going to be amazing. His promos are already amazing. It's like we're getting into the mind of, of Bray Wyatt or what we were supposed to have from Bray Wyatt before a lot of different things transpired. And I feel like now we're, I feel like we're watching a documentary on Netflix in the minds of a, I don't want to say like criminal because he's not a criminal, but you know, in the mind, in the mind of Bray Wyatt, let's just put like that. Keep it straight, simple to the point. Um, and then more things happen within the show, but with this here, Stephanie, when you was watching it, you was hearing all the things that Bray Wyatt was saying. Like, what? How did you feel after like? And then his music, his theme music was playing as he was talking. It just got louder and louder. I'm like, okay, wh what are we getting at? <laughs> yeah, saying I didn't know what to expect because it's just like last week. And I want to talk about this firstly in a very serious light because what he said last week when I watched it was very heartfelt. And it felt like he wasn't even just speaking as Bray. He was speaking as Wyndham Rotunda, the real man. And I really you know, felt what he said from within because like, I feel like there was levels of realism and maybe levels of fantasy within all of his promo from last week. 
because right. it was just like he was talking about everything that he had to rise above in order to even want to come back because he dealt with so much personally, you know, mentally and then losing people he was close to. Like there was just so much he was saying that came that felt like it was coming from a very human place. And then it switched back to the supernatural and you just never know. <laughs> you just never know exactly what you're going to get. So I thought, you know, in this promo, maybe he it was going to be like another bait and switch thing where it was going to be more supernatural than it was last week. But as it turns out, we still saw this stripped down version of Bray, but then he sounded like he was addressing us halfway, but then a quarter of the way through, he was still talking about this dark force too. So it's just like, you just never know. And it's just like, Bray, what are you talking about? What is happening? Like, are we, like, are you going to eat us? Like, what is going on? <laughs> what is happening? Like, I just want to know what exactly is he discussing? Who is he discussing? Is somebody possessing him? Is somebody trying to get back in his evil graces? Like, what is going on? But I'm still intrigued regardless. So I'm ready to go on this ride. Even though I hate being scared, but I'm I'm ready to go on it. But either way, it, 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 oof, Bray is really finna take us through it, <laughs> and I'm excited. You you have no idea. Um, Joseph, said I was thinking it was during this great poem we had another QR code. People figured it out and it showed a doctor's order sheet for a mental evaluation of Klein Bray White. Yeah, oh, it did. It did, and it had a number on there, and it said if you called, it was like. I think I have it. It said if you call the number, uh, I'm not gonna call it, but <laughs> oh, I'm gonna call it. I'm, gonna call it. <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> I'm I me mean, personally. I'm not gonna call it, but it I, remember, <laughs> I do remember someone saying it was like not not in control, like or something like that. I remember I I'm remember it was like that, but. It was it was really really interesting to know that Bray Wyatt was really going crazy like this in this aspect, and it kind of has you wondering like, well, what the hell is going on? But it's like if you call the number, you hear not me. I never lose control. That's what you'll hear. I'm not gonna call it because I like to sleep at night. But you know, there were some people who did call the number. Um, and it said not, and he said, you can hear it, not me. I never lost control. And so, I mean, it, it, as you look at the evaluation sheet, it shows the date of birth, clients like number, um, it shows refuse to sign, difficulty showing remorse or empathy slash conflict with social norms, disregarding of violation of the rights of others, different things like that didn't even it doesn't show his list of diagnoses or anything like that and a lot of things are really like white now and scratched out and everything like that too so I don't necessarily know what the hell is going on in the mind of Bray Wyatt but I, I don't know but I'm I'm excited to see what transpired but I'm gonna ooh. call it oh my god <laughs> I have to I'm, I'm just that person I'm the girl who called that number that that Johnny Knoxville posted up for Sami Zayn. And it was Sami Zayn's voice on the other end. Like, I am literally that person. I, I don't, I have to know. <laughs> oh like, I just have to play play along because it's just cute. I'm going to call it like right now. I'm putting it on speaker. Oh my God.
oh my god he's saying oh no not me i never lost control oh no not me we never lost control oh my god i'm so excited Lord, it's, like the, it's like a scene out of a scary movie or a screen all right we can speaking, move on i'm sorry it's, it's it's fine speaking of screaming jay uso still once again is losing his mind um once again he is and everybody honestly no lie looking at this when roman is not here solo is the re is a leader is the leader the way that they're circling him and hyping him up for winning his match it's like they are like really treating him like he's like the prince of or do they have other names within their their culture i don't necessarily know but whatever it's like you what you kind of would prefer to someone who's like a little bit under or whatever the tribal chief or something but they really are treating solo like he's roman honestly and the it's like the hype that they're having around him the, the way that they the way that they like support him and hype him up and cheer him on and say good job and all this and that while he's like not even in the in the care of a world of what the hell they're talking about back there it's it's the same thing will solo eventually become the trash <laughs> the hype the build the the hype of that they're giving solo i mean it's it's crazy. It really is. Yeah, he got. He definitely has a whole world in his hands because right now everybody is really in shambles of what the hell Bray Wyatt's gonna do next. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Whatever that means. <laughs> but Stephanie, I mean, do you feel like? Um, oh, okay. So he's my Muntai when Roman isn't here. Okay. Interesting hey. enough to say that. That is a very interesting thought to an uh, interesting way of looking at it because I never saw it that I never saw it that way, or I never interpreted it that way. I just kind of thought they were just gassing him up because that's his because that's their real brother. Yeah, but in that's this, what I thought. but in this aspect, you look at it though. They the like, I guess. I guess it's more so like kind of looking at paying attention how when Roman is around, how they would do solo versus mm -hmm. how they, how Roman is when Roman's not around. Mm -hmm. They give him the same respect that, I mean, of course, you know, brothers, mm -hmm. siblings, you respect them, but I mean, this is respect on a whole other level. Like this is like real gas me up to be honest. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out what happened next week with the Weasley's guys. Uh, Joseph said, that is a great thought. Never thought of it either. I think Roman thinks he can beat Logan Paul without breaking the sweat. That's why he doesn't want the bloodline to touch Logan. He is a joke of a challenger. Dang. Well. Tell us how you really feel, Joseph. Well, Logan Paul is here on SmackDown tonight, and we'll definitely get into him as we get closer within the show. But this is Women's Wrestling Talk. So let's dive into some women's action. Liv Morgan, um, who jumped off a table last week on Sonya Deville because Sonya Deville was talking trash about her. Uh, they face off in a match tonight. Uh, it was quite interesting. They have a lot of chemistry. I want to say that they have a lot of chemistry. 
um, to do. And we start to see a lot of different changes within Liv Morgan uh, since losing to Run the Rousey Extreme Rules. She's, you know, she's like smiling, it's a lot of laughter. It's like she's really trying to dive into like enjoying the thought of pain and putting others through pain and things like that. Like there was, she had a lot of laughter. She was getting like really, she was like, you know, getting a little feisty more than usual, you know, seeing a different side of her to the point where Liv even forgot that there was even a match happening or going on because she kept banging Sonya Deville's head up against the steps until the 10 count. And after that, you know, we went into another side of, of Liv Morgan and she's challenging this side of, you know, really diving deep into like what the hell is going on with Liv Morgan. Like she, she's, she's turned into like a little Harley Quinn lunatic, if you want to put it in that way. I mean, she's attacking her, you know, attacking people because they talk about her. She's putting them through tables. She's putting them She's, you know, doing a suplex, you know, amongst a, a bunch of chairs, what she did to Sonya Deville tonight, and she's laughing about it, you know. So, I mean, like, what does it say about Liv Morgan? Where Where is this mind of Liv Morgan is going to, and will we get some answers in regards to all of her actions that has been going on lately? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Santana. Um, I did not expect Liv to go this way after she lost the title. I thought that, you know, it would um, break her heart or make her sad. But her going mad was mm -hmm. something I was not expecting. But it's something that I love. Because it just goes to show, you know, how much more how much more character work she, you know, can do. Like, she's experimenting, and I think this experiment is a really good one for her, as opposed to just her being, you know, the resilient, you know, baby face that she had been. Like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, come back for you. No, like, this is something else. And I'm actually glad that this is a different type of character turn for her. Like, I'm really glad. And it's like she's enjoying the pain. It's almost masochistic to a point like she's mm -hmm. really enjoying the pain that people are inflicting upon her but then she's also showing the pain back yeah. it it's like her eye makeup to me it's like her entire outfit gave harley quinn mm -hmm. but then her eye makeup was giving puppet yeah and a part of me loves yeah, like, it, it makes me feel like, oh, well, maybe she's a mad puppet. Like, and that's something that I think is really interesting and really different. And even her, even the way that she was wrestling Sonya, like, it was sharper and it was more vicious. And even Sonya was doing better. Because even when Sonya was on NXT Tuesday, um, she was fighting Alba Fire. And though that match was short, you still got to see a little bit more of her smoothness mm -hmm. and her crispness in the ring and i did appreciate that from sonya i was glad that these two women actually had time which yeah. is something that a lot of people have been complaining about you know with the women's matches not getting enough time here lately yeah. and they had enough time to tell this story and really show you know where Liv's mind is and even though the match didn't have a conclusive ending it was still it was still purposeful and i appreciated mm -hmm. that a lot 
live is crazy and Sonia might need to be in the hospital for a while. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I love it. Nah, yeah, she did be. That was really what Joseph had said. Ronda needed extreme rules to become three-time women's champion and to beat Liv, and she did really beat Liv. But did she really beat Liv? I mean, looking at the match-wise, one, two, three, she did. But in the minds of what Liv Morgan was, like, dealing with or going through, I mean, of course, like, you know, Liv, she now could be considered as a former champion. Um, who knows where this goes with Liv Morgan? Who knows who her next opponent will be that she will, you know, get mad at and take out because they said something about her or who she's going to put through a table next or, you know, what else she's going to do. I feel like with Liv, I mean, she already has this look of playing a deranged, like, I wouldn't say like horror film character anyway. So I just feel like maybe this is something that she's trying to tap into a side of Liv Morgan where she already said that, you know, when she was holding the title, she was going to do whatever she can to keep keep it and that nobody's going to be able to take this title from her and so on and so forth. And now that the title has been taken away from her, she's losing her freaking mind. She she doesn't know what to do, but, you know, people said that, you know, she wasn't extreme enough. She wasn't this. She wasn't that. And she's working her way up into showing that she can be that. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't make me a fan of her, but. That, <laughs> I was waiting for that. that doesn't <laughs> I tell you what. I was about to say, Santana, this is that, different. This, but that let me tell you something. I don't even know if Liv Morgan jumps off the top of the Titantron like Jeff Hardy used to do. It does not. It still does not make me a fan of her. She's growing, like, you know. A lot of people, listen. I don't care what she does. It's not going to make me a fan. But I mean, hey, here's she, the thing, I thought you know, since weeks have passed, you we started <laughs> off this segment really well. We were talking about her character change and everything she was doing. I was like, okay, well, maybe it's not going to go that way. And then all of a sudden you were like, ah, it's not going to make me a fan. And then you went that way. Because I just had to let y'all know. the same energy. This is going to always be the same. I don't care what she does. She can jump off the top of, I don't know, whatever, uh, 18-wheeler. And she can go through fire and I will still not be a fan. And that's fair. Exactly. It is it it, 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 it stays the same. Yes. Same energy. Jalen said, listen, Stephanie, Santana Nikki is never gonna be a fan of Liv. And that's I okay. Know. I don't have to be a fan of Liv to talk about what she's doing. Right. I'm not bashing her. Yeah. Trust me, you're gonna know I'm still not a fan. I can I can talk good about people. I can because I mean what she's doing is 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 bringing more of an element of her. She's not as boring as she used to be to me anymore. You know, she's bringing some type of life to her. I live for people who maybe, you know what, since WWE might be, you know, doing some things with GCW, maybe Liv will bring out one of them damn light bulbs that they be using and smack somebody on the head over it. Then maybe she might get a woo out of me because I, I and maybe we'll get some blood or something. Oh, Lord. Make her, make them bleed or anything. You oh, know? Lord. I don't, I don't bash Liv Morgan. I speak what my truth is about her. But we're not, I mean, although this is one of the wrestling talk, I don't have to like every woman that I see on my screen. Kudos to what you do in the ring. Don't get me wrong. She She's growing. She is. And I mean, she, she, she needs this something she may need to do to really elevate her character. 
because to me, she's always been the same. I don't care how many outfit change she does. I don't care that she took the blue uh, tongue away or the pink tongue away or the red tongue or the pink hair. Liv Morgan will always still end up giving me the same thing. You would get Santana to become a fan of someone before Nikki. That's a lot. Because I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns still. And Stephanie is, is down with the bloodline. Yeah. So, but Roman's not here for me to bash him. And he hasn't been doing anything lately for me to bash him anyway. So it's not even going to use him here. Um, but you'll said, bash him next week, though. <laughs> I, I could have bashed him when he brought his ass to Monday Night Raw, but I didn't. I was like, well. <laughs> Joseph or maybe Lou will bring will be will bring that Chucky doll to scare the pants off her latest opponent. Well, that's the case. She might as well go. She might well be Lily for Alexa Bliss if that's the case. Oh, maybe Lord. Alexa is controlling Liv Morgan. That would be a different twist. It would be. I mean, we haven't seen Alexa in a minute. You know, she's kind of been posting some encrypt like cryptid like photos on her Instagram, on her Twitter, and things like that. So who knows what transpired? Who knows what happened? But we'll definitely find out. But what Liv is about to break out the bat that flopped into the ring with her running around with tussing over it. She is crazy steam. Yeah, I'm not going to put her with her steam. But here we are. Um, we move on to this year. Face off between Omos and, and Braun Strowman. Um, Wow. We we can no longer say that Braun is the monster among men. Omos has stepped into the building. <laughs> well, MVP first. But MVP he comes out, talks to, you know, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman said he's not bagging down for anybody. He's not scared of anybody. Of course, per usual. And MVP, you know, he comes out, he talks to Braun, you know, about some things that I could kind of care less about because honestly, although I do like Omos, I really don't understand what we're getting here. So a lot of people, just a bunch of big meaty men slapping me or whatever. But to me, I feel like maybe Omos would give me a nip up. But back to Monsters Among Men, Omos steps to the ring and he towers Braun Strowman. He makes Braun Strowman look about 6'1". <laughs> the height difference is crazy. It's not too off, but you can obviously see that there's a, a huge height difference. Because Braun, I think, is like 6'8". And Omos is like 7 feet, basically. And... um crazy tall in person too but the, the height difference is crazy and of course um there's a challenge being offered for crown jewel for braun versus omos in a match and it has been confirmed it will happen at uh crown jewel ladies and gentlemen we're going to be getting braun Strowman and omos and i don't know how to feel about it i really don't but I'm not mad, but I guess I guess I kind of see how this goes. You know, I knew eventually we would get to this point where we would have, you know, Braun versus Omos. I mean, Twitter's been going crazy talking about it anyway. So I, I knew that at some point we was going to get to this. But Stephanie, do you 
are you interested in seeing this match transpire at Crown Jewel or seeing how this feud between these guys, you know, go over the next course of, of the weeks? Um, I'm interested in it due to the spectacle of it, mm -hmm. because what I will say is I never thought that I would ever see anybody tower over Braun Strowman. We've only ever seen Braun Strowman be bigger than everybody else. Yeah. I I was literally in shock to see Omar stand head and almost shoulders above his man. Like <laughs> I couldn't deal. And MVP is proving, you know, to still be that guy when it comes to being a manager for um black male talent in this way and i really love how he puts omas over you know in the promo <laughs> beforehand even though brian wasn't really in the mood to hear it but yeah. i feel like the thing that worries me a little bit with omas is just the fact that we haven't really seen him wrestle as much since the regimes have changed mm -hmm. like we've only seen him you know like pop up every now and again but not really wrestle but that's not to say that he hasn't gone off and improved um, because, of course, sometimes when you don't see people, that usually means they're either working on something or they're maybe getting, you know, training in another area, which is fine. But I just worry for him in terms of his experience, because clearly Braun Strowman has the experience and the power. But mm -hmm. if Omos really did hone in on his skill and while well, using his power and actually like honing it in for skill, he would be a really great competitor, too. But I just don't know. I don't know where his skill level is at this point and if it would match up against someone like Braun and make it an enthralling match. But this match is good for the spectacle because these men are huge. So um, I'm I'm on the fence about it, but I know I'm going to still watch it regardless. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I mean, it's going to be quite interesting to see, you know, how this match transpired. I mean, Omos, he's, he had, you know, a, a, a squash match just as much as Braun had a squash match last week. So, I mean, I guess, but we, we've seen Braun wrestle. We know his wrestling ability. I mean, we've seen Omos wrestle, but I don't think to his full potential yet. So, right. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows when it transpire? But at Crown Jewel, we're definitely going to be getting this match. Another match that we're going to be getting, Drew McIntyre challenges Karrion Cross to a match at Crown Jewel in a steel cage match. Um, I guess maybe... You know, it seems as if like Drew is not happy at the fact that what happened at uh, Extreme Rules with Scarlett spraying him in the face with, I guess, pepper spray or something. I don't know what happened, but whatever it was, she she sprayed him and the man went blind uh, for a few seconds. But last week, I mean, <laughs> Drew definitely got his revenge or or I say, you know, but. This match uh, has been made official. It will be Karrion Cross versus Drew McIntyre in a steel cage match at Crown Jewel. Does this put an end to to Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre, or is this just the beginning for right now? I feel like this might be the end of it, but because I was wondering if this was going to be their final chapter, a part of me thought that Drew was going to challenge him to a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> Like I I really did think like maybe maybe he would say hell in a cell. But mm -hmm. when he said steel cage, that feels pretty, you know, final as well. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, once they fight in the steel cage in Saudi Arabia, that'll be it for it. But I don't know. 
<laughs> we'll just have to see. But it it seems like that match really might be it could be it for them, but you just never know. That's true. I definitely agree. Uh, Joseph said this is this would be a test to see how Kieran performs without Scarlett there to bail him out like she did in the strap match. That Absolutely. is that's very true. Um, so Unless she finds a way to get under there. That is also true. <laughs> Listen, the lights go black and then the next thing you know, Scarlett's in the ring. And here we are. <laughs> that is a crafty woman. Very much so. Uh, speaking of another crafty person, Logan Paul um, makes his arrival to the arena. Um, and he's, of course, going to be closing out front of next SmackDown um, in a one-shot way, uh, if you catch my drift. But once again, this is Women's Wrestling Talk, so let's dive into the women's because more women because we ended up getting a, of course, women's tag team championship match happening tonight. Dems Controls, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai versus Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi Blackheart. Or just Shotzi because they obviously just everybody just don't have black hearts around here. Um, but this match was really good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it to the point where you know maybe you know Shotzi and and Raquel could have taken home the victory, but I didn't think that Dakota and EO's reign as champion was going to end that soon. But then again, I mean Raquel and Aaliyah's reign ended pretty quickly, so. And, and, but I knew that eventually somewhere down the line, it was going to, those titles are going to end up on EO and uh, Dakota Kai. Uh, even with the assist of Bailey being in the fears out there as well, uh, pretty much you could say Bailey assisted, you know, EO and Dakota on keeping those titles since obviously, you know, what they try to help her get the title from Bianca Belair, that was a failure. Um and well, we do know that Bailey will face Bianca on come Monday. Don't necessarily know if it's for the title or whatnot. I think it's gonna. I think they just kind of said it was gonna be one last time in the video promo they had for it. So I don't know. But Damage Control ended up retaining their titles. Um, and Shotzi and Raquel go right back home and start back over. So who do you think gonna be the next opponents for Damage Control? Like. Who, who we don't really have that many tag teams like that for women like that anyway, or though we haven't been seeing them. So I mean, who could be you know Damage Control's uh, next opponents, uh, Stephanie? And also, what did you think about the match? Well, first off, I love the match. Here, here again, this was an improvement because they were allowed to tell a story as well um, in the ring, and they had more time. And of course, when you give these women more time they're going to put on a show and dang it they did you had Shotzi acting like the wrecking ball that we know her to be in this match you got her tank out there and I will always love her tank the taking care of business tank is everything it's goaded I love it and then you had Raquel of course powering people up but then also utilizing her height to sort of hold up Shotzi to actually like give her leverage to roll onto damage control like outside of the ring and inside of the ring like they had all kinds of maneuvers they were using each other like machines and it was really cool and you had damage control sort of doing the same thing with the assist of bailey out there which of course i mean she don't know how to stay out of anybody's business but you know that's another story for another day um this match was as good as you know any 
tag team match that you could ask for, honestly. And it was a couple times where I really thought like maybe Shotzi and Raquel could win it. But like I said, Bailey was Baileying, and that is basically what sort of wrapped it up for them, along with EO. There was this other really cool spot where EO hit this DDT from the top rope. Like, I believe it was onto it was onto Shotzi or Raquel. Like, that was sick. I was just like, these women are amazing. Like, they're so gifted, and I just loved every inch of this match. But a part of me really did want for Shotzi and Raquel to win because Shotzi with the tag titles on NXT Halloween Havoc tomorrow night would have been cool as the co-host but at the same time she doesn't really look bad at having lost this match and neither does Raquel either so it's fine um this I wasn't prepared to really see damage control lose it lose that quick either but Either way, it was a really great back and forth. I love this match. And I don't know exactly who could challenge him outside of, you know, damage control, like coming up and posing another challenge with them. Or, like, I don't know. It's hard to tell with the main roster because it's really not that many teams. It's hard. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's, it's a little difficult trying to figure it out, but. Who knows? I mean, of course, we know they're really going to find a way to try to interfere to assist Bailey with, you know, winning uh, her match with Bianca Belair come Monday. But we'll definitely uh, find out. Uh, speaking of finding out more things, uh, we did get to see the SmackDown Women's Champion or the SmackDown Champion because obviously she wants to get rid of the women inside of the champion name or whatever. I don't know. But um Rhonda will be issuing out a open challenge when she feels like it and Rhonda is definitely tapping to her heel side something that she said that she always wanted to do when she came back but of course when Vince McMahon was there he only wanted her to be a baby face he wanted a smile and Rhonda kind of just felt as if like she wanted to be a heel. She wanted to go into being a heel. And so it's just that. And so, I mean, like, why not let Rhonda tap into being a heel? And it, I mean, it kind of works. I guess I would need to see more of Rhonda being a heel to see if it's going to work. You know what I'm saying? So who do you think is going to accept the open challenge uh, next week? I personally might think it could be, it could be Shayna Baszler, someone who we haven't seen in a minute. You know, maybe she'll want to step up to the plate. You know, I know uh, Ronda did face Natalia in a dark match. Um, so who knows who could be that that open challenger? Maybe it could be Mia Yim, since people are saying that she's been having talks with, you know, WWE lately since she's no longer in Impact Wrestling. So, I mean... Who could it be? Could it be the queen, Charlotte Flair, you know, making her way, her long way to return? Um, could be Liv. It could be Lacey. It could be somebody from NXT. It could be anybody. It could be Mercedes. Yeah, I don't think she's coming back. <laughs> it could be Trinity. I don't know. Is <laughs> when they'll make their long ready return, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but if it's Mia, then I will lose my mind. Yeah, no just idea. like, oh my God. 
I feel like this year is the year I took, I worked with and took pictures with people and then they popped up on television again. And we'll talk about one later on. But if it's Mia Yim, I would lose my entire mind because I just feel like she really didn't get an opportunity to really run, run like she could have um, on the main roster outside of Retribution. So if it is Mia, I will lose it because I love her. She's so sweet. Um, yeah, she's everything and I would love it. Yeah, but honestly. yeah, if it's Charlotte, that would be cool too. But then a part of me almost feels like maybe she would go back to Raw because Bianca needs one more horsewoman to beat. So, I mean, she don't get it. Trust me, she is. Uh, Joe said technically Mia's done this week after her match with Taylor Raw here. Yep, she is. Mia Yim is officially done with Impact Wrestling for now. Um, mm-hmm. fine. I I gotta turn. I gotta troll. I gotta up the troll. It's gonna be even Maria Chelsea Green. Please leave even Marie where she is. I don't mind oh, Chelsea. Man. I don't mind Chelsea Green because Chelsea Green is cool. Please leave even Marie where she is. She had a she had me ready to pull up to her house because she told myself she could be a part of the Wyatt Six. Like girl, please. Uh, Joseph said Trini has a better chance of coming back than Mercedes does. That is true. That is very true. But right now, I think the girls are just chilling, you know, doing their runway fashion shows and everything like that. But we'll definitely find out next week who is going to be accepting Rhonda's open challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely find out. But let's move on within the show because before we got to someone who we talked about on Women's Wrestling Talks, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and website, uh, we're, of course, written by Stephanie here. Uh, we got this QR code that everyone was talking about that did include the uh, psychiatric uh, evaluation of Bray Wyatt as well as the number, but also this face here from like World War One, I, I want to say. And we also got this here that a lot of people were really talking about. Nobody knows who this is or could this be, but I think it could be Uncle Howdy. Who is Uncle Howdy? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. But people just kept putting on Twitter, Uncle Howdy or Uncle Howdy. You know, don't really know. I have absolutely no idea. I have a thought though. I know it's not Ho Hogan, you know, Terry. Well, definitely not. But I have another thought. Mm-hmm. I know the first time I saw that saw that mask. Mm-hmm. Um, that Bray Wyatt had. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been comparing it to another horror thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I saw that mask, it reminded me of the video game Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. and how some of the samurais in the game will wear these different masks with different designs in them. And when the and the first time I saw that mask, mm-hmm. I thought about that video game, and it's just that. Seeing this picture kind of up close, it almost looks like it could be a mysterious samurai or something. That is true. So it's just like, is is he like channeling that or is he doing something else? Like this looks like this is someone that could have been like like a mysterious samurai that's tried to take control or something. Like, I don't know. But I don't even know if that's even a problematic thought. But either way, I just, I don't know. That's just connection. I'm making it in my head, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't, 
I don't know. I just feel like with this, it kind of, it really caught a lot of people's attention trying to figure out exactly what could it mean? You know, where, where is it coming from? And, you know, what, what are we supposed to do with this type thing? You know what I'm saying? So I guess like, like we're on this journey and road of Bray Wyatt and the things that he has planned for us. Um, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure eventually somehow down the way we're going to find out who all these people are that Bray Wyatt has been doing some things with. Uh, but let's move on within the show. Of course, we are here for Legado de Fantasma and newest member Zelina Vega, who they acquired Queen Zelina. Uh, there is a top five moments of Zelina Vega on our website as of right now. And it was written by, of course, Stephanie here. Um, did a great job on it. Uh, Zelina actually did like it, the post and everything of a man shared. So shout out to Stephanie for doing an amazing job on this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know top fives can be very intense to narrow it down to five things. So I definitely, definitely can understand that. But, you know, wow. I mean, Legato de Fantasma basically said that they're here to take over SmackDown and they're going to start with getting rid of Hit Row. And if you know, last week, um, I can't think of their names. I know one of them is Joaquin and I don't know what the other one name is. I can't remember. Because they, they barely even said their names a lot. But they were in a tag match last week, last week against uh, Ashanti Diodonis and Top Dollar, which they ended up losing. And like I don't know if it has been the score in the win, which honestly, if I had the video pulled up, I would show you guys my reaction of how I was when I saw Hit Row loss. Um, and honestly, it was is this is where we get to the point where. We're rehashing a few that happened. It took place in NXT. And afterwards, I couldn't. Yeah, there we go. Thank you so much. Uh, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz uh, representing the, yeah, all that last week and everything. And um, they ended up picking up the win over here, bro. So after this, because they nobody I couldn't capture a photo of Hit Row looking at the screen of them of Legato different to the talking, but it seems as if like B Fab has something under her sleeve to eat, maybe possibly even out the eyes with uh, Legato different Tasman. I don't know who they might acquire. They may acquire. I mean, like let's say Angelo Dawkins, someone who is. A little freely as of right now because Montez Forty is currently injured. Um, don't really know who else they could acquire. Oh, I know. Who? I have a prediction of who else they could have. They could possibly acquire. Who? What if it's Carmelo Hayes? No, no. See, no, 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 no. no. I don't like that. No. Why not? He don't. He don't need to be with them. Carmelo is a star within his own right, and he don't need to be with people who lose it. No. I mean, he is a star in his own right, but if he is with Hit Row, it doesn't necessarily dim his star. I'm to just me. saying, like if they if they recruited him, it would fit the aesthetic. And that's not to say that Angelo Dawkins wouldn't fit the aesthetic because he has been tied with them as of late, you know, recently. But at the same time, if there was, you know, Carmelo Hayes, if they wanted to go in the NXT waters, like, I feel like that would work. No. 
I would, that's a hard pass for me. I don't want I don't want Carmelo nowhere near hero. By no means necessary. They can go acquire anybody else. Leave Carmelo Hayes where he is. Please. That's all I'm asking. Do not bring him with them people. Okay. Okay. Okay, I respect that. But what I will say is this though. Seeing Zelina come back because she did come back while I was in New York. Um, funny enough. Um, <laughs> um I was so excited to see that she was back with them because I just thought it was something cool and different. A part mm-hmm. of me was like, oh, what if she comes back, you know, as an athlete? But then seeing her come back as sort of like the I don't know what to co- what to really express the as the manager of Legato Del Fantasma, that was really like a shot in the arm that I feel like it was really good and it was really cool for them. Even though I love Electra Lopez, like don't get me wrong. But Zelina is really that girl. And a part of me low-key felt the way, well, not not a bad way, but a really good way when Zelina was talking and she was saying that she was that she is good at everything. Because in my article, I literally said that she's a tag team specialist, a manager, and all these different things. And I was just like, does she really think? Does she? Okay. But I had to hold myself in because I because I you just never know. But either way, it was just really good to see her tonight. I was just like, oh my God, yes, Zelina, yes. And then to be on there on her queen anniversary when she won Queen's Crown at Crown Jewel last year, you know, and with her having the crown that she has on social media, it's just amazing. I love that woman so much. And it was just easy to write about her because she's amazing to me. So I I just love her. And I'm just really happy that she's succeeding and on television again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't know she was dealing with an injury. So it's it's nice to see her, you know, be back. Um, she fits really well with uh, Legado de Fatales for what I've seen thus far. Another Electra Lopez is out with an injury. So, I mean, though, but it doesn't necessarily say that Electra could not be added to what's already created here. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Nothing, not, not saying that she could not be. But at this time, I mean, as of right now, we don't necessarily know if they're going to be adding Electra to to them. I mean, because she did get in the car with them, you know, so it's not like she got left behind or anything. But she knows she did get in the car with them, you know, and stuff like that. So I mean, hey, maybe she'll she'll pop up real soon. Uh who 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 really knows, to be honest. Um, but let's move on within the show because guys, we got a few more things to discuss. We got Rey Mysterio and Luke Witt in a match. Um, and because of, you know, for as long as Eddie Guerrero has been gone, his antics always managed to pop up in matches. And with an antic like, of course, the classic, oh, throw the chair shot, smack the ground, and fall down and I'm hurting type thing. It never sees to um, like fail when you're trying to get rid of two people who are outside the ring being a distraction or they can harm you in any kind of way to help the person that you're facing. And so it happened tonight. 
of course, you see the chair laid there and Ray laying on the ground. And then they're trying to explain to the Rev that, you know, we didn't do anything. We didn't hit him or anything like that. And, you know, the Rev, of course, you know, do the free roll. Get on out of here. To the back you go. Get out. And, uh, well, it assisted with getting rid of Gunther and Giovanni so that Ray could pick up the victory over Lukwid, uh like two weeks before uh, Ray Mysterio, two weeks out before Ray Mysterio actually faces Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Yep, yep, that is true. Uh, found out November 4th, Ray Mysterio will challenge Gunther for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Note that next week in St. Louis will likely be a double taping due to them being in Saudi. Also, it's on FS1. That is very, very true. Uh, Stephanie, what did you think about this match here? This Ray is starting to build a lot of momentum. It's starting to feel really fresh and new for Ray down here. He's kind of like on a winning streak, you can say that. Yeah, I loved it. And then watching him come out in his gear, which felt very Macho Man Randy Savage, was really cool, too. Yeah. And just seeing him channel Eddie is just, it's always like a welcome vibe because I miss him so much. And just to see his best friend paying tribute to him, you know, in various ways, like it always, it never fails. And I never get tired of it, no matter what. So seeing him do that, you know, just reminds me of what Los Guerreros used to say. They used to say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And Rage was trying. <laughs> so he did that. Like, he really did that. And I appreciated the way that he won the match. So I'm really happy that Ray won and he has this momentum going into fighting Gunter. Because it's like I said earlier, he ain't scared. He's not scared. He's faced bigger. Like my dad said, he faced Kevin Nash in WCW. This man ain't scared of nothing. So I'm glad and I'm really happy for Ray. I agree. Shout out to Ray for picking up the win tonight. Um, this man is on a winning streak. Don't know what's going to happen within two weeks out when he faces Gunther, but. I don't know. Maybe Ray might win and get him a few gold or maybe, you know, Judgment Day could come down here and, you know, continue to mess with her. I will hope not, but, you know, I love Damien Priest and I love Finn and I love Rhea. Dominic, I want to punch him in the face because what are you doing? You don't disrespect your father like that, okay? Thank you very much. But let's move on before we close out SmackDown and we dive into Rampage. Um, Of course, for next week, uh, SmackDown will be on FS1. We're going to have Ridge Hollins and and Pete Slash Butch versus Sami Zayn and Solo Sequoia in a tag match because of what happened earlier within SmackDown. Um, then, of course, Roman Reigns, he returns next week. Yeah, yeah. Ronda Rousey has an open challenge. Who's going to accept it? Who knows? Don't really know. But all that is happening next week on FS1 uh, for SmackDown in second place in St. Louis. As we move on to who closed out the show, Logan Paul, uh, he comes out. Of course, he still talks about Roman Reigns and and what's going to happen at Crown Jewel, how he's been training with Shawn Michaels. And Roman responded to a tweet that was showcasing some pictures of him, of Logan Paul working with Shawn Michaels to get ready for Crown Jewel. He said that he's going to need God to help him defeat me, basically. So, and even within the night, I mean, uh, Sammy, you know, he's tried to tell Jay, like, don't go out there and, and and do anything to Logan Paul. Roman has said that those are getting orders, et cetera. Uh, was the crowd accepting, accepting a little call? Logan Paul was all booze. I mean, well, they, he was in pretty much his home state. He's in Ohio. 
you know, guys. So, I mean, he's in his home state, hometown. So, I mean, people were cheering him. I mean, don't you don't you see these people here with their hands out and, and yelling and, and screaming with their mouth open? I mean, I know this is only one side of the angle, but um, he he had the crowd. They were they were here for him. But Jay Uso, because he's so freaking hard headed, was not. <laughs> and um, he comes out here and he basically attacks Logan Paul. Even though Sammy told him not to, and I mean, he has Logan Paul in the corner like he got some issues going on here. And Sammy, he comes out and he says, listen, (laughs) (laughs) he comes, Sammy comes out and he tries to tell Jay, like, what are you doing? You have to stop. Roman is going to be very upset at what you're doing. You have to stop. But but when we thought that Jay Uso was going to be exiting the ring, he tries to go back for more and well. Exhibit A, uh, this is what happens when you don't really listen, Jay. You get one shot, you know, you get punched out or hitting your shoulder by Logan Paul and you fall out. And this is what we get. And, you know, you, you laid out now, now you're adding more embarrassment to the bloodline, Jay, because you don't listen. You know, I... I I be trying to root for you, Jay. I really do. And 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 when you 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 do things like this, you you're you're embarrassing me. Okay, you are. And so Sammy, he looks stressed out. He's got to. They're gonna hear that Roman is definitely not gonna be happy about what happened tonight. Not at all. But you know who's very happy? Logan Paul, because uh, he left in all smiles as we close out Friday Night SmackDown. So Stephanie, I mean. Do you think Jay was right for what he did? Or do you think he should have listened to Sammy? Or, like, that's crazy. First of all, Jay is really never going to listen to Sammy. First of all, because he's a hot-headed man. And he wants to be out here and prove that the bloodline is here, you know, is here and not here to play no games. And he really wanted to show that by beating Logan Paul's butt. But... I feel like with that hot-headedness, all it's going to do is make stuff worse for him. And Roman isn't going to like it. And he's going to fuss at him and talk about, you know, him not following his orders or whatever. And it's not going to work. And it's just going to be really sad for Jay because he really does try. He tries so hard. And I feel, you know, he has really good intentions. But the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So Jay really should have just chilled out but at the same time usually when it comes to segments like this you expect the champion to come out or the champion's cronies to come out and attack the challenger so it made sense but at the same time jay probably should have chilled also i want to say paul Heyman responded they said on commentary on commentary that paul Heyman responded on twitter to what roman Reigns said about you know training with god Mm-hmm. And they said that Paul Heyman said that, well, you're God, so, you know, he can't train with you and you're the one with all the belts. And I'm just like, Paul Heyman, if you don't calm down, God does not dress like that. <laughs> God, calm down. Like, calm down, Paul. Like, I love Roman and I love the bloodline, but God, no. Um, Chill out. Chill, chill out. But either way, it's kind of clear that um, Logan Paul was enjoying you know, watching the bloodline kind of fall apart in this sense. But, yeah, I know next week is going to be interesting. 
oh, it's going to be ugly. And Sammy really did look like that child. It was just like, oh, you're going to be in trouble. Oh, I'm telling. Mm-hmm. Child. It's not gonna be like yeah, Paul Paul definitely lays out Jay. It's not a definitely not a good look. Definitely not a good look. Mm-hmm. Um Joseph said, How weird would it be if Roman's eight hundred day reign ends as a result of a social media personality? And yes, this is how Logan Logan's being built for this match as a social media personality. Yeah, he is. Uh JD said I would be one hundred percent done with WWE. And then Joseph said that's a bit extreme. Well, know what's going to happen with this match with Roman and, and Logan Paul. I feel like it's going to be a bunch of entertainmentness going on here. And well, I like to say let's hope for the best. I feel honestly, truly, depending on how this happens, um, if if let's just say if Roman says that, you know what, Jay, you're banned from ringside. You are not allowed to come out. Only Sammy Jimmy and Solo can come out with me. You will be the person to cost me this match. I don't need you out here. And then Jay Uso still comes out. But who knows? Who knows what happens? Who knows what transpires? But Jay Uso is definitely in a lot of trouble. And we'll definitely hear hear about it come next week. But ladies and gentlemen, that was a SmackDown, of course. And But we're not done yet because, of course, right after SmackDown, we have to jump right into Rampage. And this is where Stephanie takes over and I sit here and I shut the hell up. <laughs> well, you ain't going to shut up, first of all. You don't talk, but you, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go into it first, okay? So... This episode of Rampage was in Jacksonville, which is basically like their home turf because y'all know TK, not our TK, but Tony Khan, um, is also, I believe, a part owner or basically does own the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were at Daly's place, which is basically sort of like AEW's breeding grounds, which is where they started and stuff. So they were back there for Rampage. And this immediately started, the show started with a tag team well, yeah, tag team championship match between the acclaimed, of course, who are the champions, versus the varsity athletes as Tony Nice and Josh Woods, along with Smart Mark Sterling out there. And of course, if you've been watching AEW, you know that these two have been going back and forth. And Smart Mark Sterling bought the rights to the scissor me daddy um phrase and basically was making the acclaimed's life a living heck for all of maybe two or three weeks with this and you know he was saying y'all can't say this but we can and we stole it from y'all and they basically had t-shirts and everything but of course you know when people take things it's not as fun and it's not as seasoned so that's what was going on um the scissor me thing isn't funny with when it's the varsity athletes but of course they came out there with a rap and he mentioned something about kanye west and um some and something about ratings as well because joseph is in the comments talking about it but either way um that's what happened but outside of that um the match was really good um the match was really good you got to see a lot of the abilities it seemed like what it's like the acclaimed had 
power and you know wittiness on their side but then at the same time the varsity athletes are really stellar athletes they use a lot of their quickness and agileness in this match it was really good i enjoyed it and i was really scared because there was a couple of times where i thought Tony Nice was really about to cover Anthony and it was about to be over with. And then the trademark was going to be theirs and the titles. But thankfully that didn't happen. Um, the acclaimed one, even though the referee actually ejected Billy Gunn or whatever, um, but still the acclaimed wound up retaining their titles and getting their trademark back. And they also kept their promise earlier in um, the night to say that they were going to stomp smart Mark Sterling in the nuts. Like, stomp him in the nuts. Stomp him in the nuts. Like, that song, that's exactly what they did to him. And it was hysterical as all get out. So, Santana, how did you feel about this match? <laughs> I just, I don't even know. I don't. So, a lot of times on Wednesdays with AEW, I work at a radio station after work. And so, a lot of times I don't get a chance to watch Dynamite. So a lot of times I miss a lot of things that do happen on Dynamite. And I never knew there was a trademark issue going on here or when he does. I don't I don't know why he would want to to have this trademark of Susan Me Daddy as or whatever. I don't the whole thing is very uh, chaotic. I will say that. And uh, I didn't think the acclaim was going to lose her titles anyway. I really did not think that was going to happen. Um, so I, I I had no. I, I didn't I didn't have any any like doubt that the acclaim was gonna lose. I thought the match was really good. It was a nice way to open up the show. Quite entertaining throughout Smart Marks. He's lovely suit, I will say that. The pink suit was giving. You would have oh, yeah, thought that maybe he too. was a part of the acclaim with the pink suit. He looked really nice. Um, but unfortunately, hope he gets some ice for for his um area down there because uh it's a little crushed, but Nonetheless, um, it's just it's just quite interesting to see, you know, the acclaim as champions. I think that is great. I think that they well deserve these titles, and I mean, they're having some really interesting title defenses, um, happening since they, you know, won these titles against wherever your glory. So I mean, wherever the next opponents are going to be, or or if this feud continues to happen with, um, Josh, well, his name Josh Woods and Tony Nese, it could happen, but. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies say crush ice for crushed nuts. And that's exactly what happened. That's what yes, you need. It was hysterical. <laughs> but moving on from that, we got an appearance from Miss TBS champion herself, Jay Cargill, who threatened to basically <laughs> sit throughout the entire Rampage mm -hmm. episode until she got her TBS title back from Miss Nyla Rose, who I know Santana was really pushing to be the next person to challenge her for the TBS title. And Jay was not in a mood to play. Like in this promo, she was basically saying like, it was an insult to her that Nyla Rose took the title from her and she will not stop until she gets the title back. She was bullying Tony Schiavone and she looked like an amazing chocolate bar wrapped up in golden Christmas wrapping. I just wanted to say that because she really did look great. Um, and then she walked away and stormed off, you know, in anger. And I would be angry too if someone stole something that I basically worked for and won 
but then you're just running off and playing with it like you just don't take it seriously or don't take me seriously. It's disrespectful. But Santana, how did you feel about this segment? Honestly, I don't think people understand like how much I have been wanting to have a feud for Nyla and Jade. And I'm happy that they are actually doing a, a build for it. And it's not just, well, okay, she took my title. Now we're going to wrestle next week for it. You know, they're actually taking their time building up this feud with Jade and Nyla. Something that I, like I said, I've been asking for. I've always said that, give me Jade and Nyla, give me Nyla and Jade, give me Nyla and Jade, give me Jade and Nyla. Been asking for that. And now that it's happening and it's a lot of jokes and shit happening with Jay, she's not playing around. She's she's very upset. And Nyla is is out here holding her title hostage and playing around. Jay says, I gave you, I gave you Layla because well, we'll find out what happened with Penelope before later. But Jade wants her title back and I think that Jade is gonna Jade is gonna get her title when it's time to face Nyla Rose. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. She just might. And honestly, you know, we will get further into this later, but I am glad that they are stretching this out and making it, you know, a more creative, funny thing. Um, as opposed to just doing, you know, the regular thing and just feeding opponents mm -hmm. to her um to beat. So I am enjoying this component of it in terms of rampage and, and dynamite as well so moving on moving forward i'd be feeling so sorry for tony shivani though he be getting bullied and he don't deserve he gets it. bullied by everybody <laughs> he don't deserve it they may just try to do his job okay exactly <laughs> like he is the goat like he is one of the goats guys like let's 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 not bully tony okay <laughs> So moving on, we did have this segment backstage with all of these men being absolutely concerned about the anger of Eddie Kingston. Um, but it looks like as they were asking about Eddie Kingston and speaking to him, because I believe this is Ortiz standing next to him. And then you have the um, trios champions asking about him and stuff like that. But then after all this happens and Eddie Kingston is sort of staring at them like, bro, like what y'all want? Pac comes in and he actually says something to him and Eddie doesn't like it. He looks like he wants to fight, but Ortiz sort of pushes him back and says, look, don't do it. Leave him alone. And then that's really where it ended. Um, I'm a little bit lost about this storyline right here because I, I believe somehow or another I missed this component. So I don't know what this story is but santana could you shed some light well eddie eddie who's somebody who i who's on another list of people that i just don't care for yes uh, <laughs> eddie he just he just been having a lot of anger issues he's been very out of control and you know the people around him they just kind of care for his safety or care for you know the way that he's been acting it's like honestly truly the way that Eddie X is the same way how the bloodline looks at Jay. The mm -hmm. same thing. High-headed, big temper, always want to fight somebody, always want to, always just ready, like he's ready to fight Pop. You just want to fight. You know, and his friends, they they care for his safety. They care about his anger. They want him to kind of, you know, get some help or something to kind of, you know, calm down a bit and go back to the Eddie that he used to be. And it's just like, 
Eddie's not listening or he's just like, you know, whatever. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And so here mm-hmm. we are here with a little, I guess, maybe they're going to have an intervention for Eddie Kingston soon. Um, hopefully they tell the man to go home or something. But who knows? Uh, Joseph said, I miss it too. Where does this come from? Who would be the third to join Eddie and Ortiz? Well, I don't know. I don't know who the third would be because Santana seems to be, you know, doing his own thing or nothing at all. And he doesn't really talk to Ortiz like that. Him and Eddie are really not on the best of terms either. So I doubt in in real life at that. So, and and Eddie's not on good terms with a lot of people in real life, let's be honest. Uh, But who knows? Um, what happens and and so on and so forth. But maybe somewhere down the line, Eddie comes to his senses and maybe he he gets back to normal for those who care about him. But for me, I don't care what he does. All right. And I respect all of that. But moving forward, we did have a match, another match uh, for the FTW Championship so we had, of course, the cold-hearted, handsome devil hook versus the trust busters, Ari Davari. And as this match got started, Ari Davari was already in the ring as Hook made his entrance. And um, before the match got started, Ari Davari got on the microphone and was talking about how he offered Hook a certain an exorbitant amount of money, 70, I think fifty thousand dollars for possession of the title. And this kind of upset me because I'm just sitting here like, bro, you can't just buy a title off somebody. That's not how wrestling works. So clearly he tried one more time and he said, well, maybe if you don't deal in, you know, like card or direct deposit, then maybe you like cold hard cash since you're a cold hearted devil, right? So he offered him cold hard cash or what we thought was cold hard cash. It looked real to me, but then again, I get my money wired, so I don't know. So <laughs> I have direct deposit, so I really don't know. But at the same time, it looked real to me. But then Hook wasn't having it. He slapped the money out of his hand, and then he started hitting him. But the thing about this match is it's very different from other Hook ma- Hook-centered matches where Hook kind of just throws a, throws somebody around, and then he beats them, you know, or submits them in a matter of seconds. Ari Davari is a really was proved to be a pretty formidable opponent for him even though the match was still relatively short um he had a lot going on and he controlled like the pace for the first few parts of it and they and he they did all kinds of different things but in the end hook wound up submitting him and he wound up tapping out on top of all of that money because they didn't sweep that money out of the ring um and he also wound up beating up on Jeeves who I believe is also you know the butler for Ari Davari so that happened and Hook basically celebrated winning his title back so that's pretty much the end of that so Sam how did you feel about this I mean it was nice that like you said Hook did have a longer match a lot of time Hook matches are very squashed um and very short too. So I mean, Ari Navarro, he's an amazing talent, amazing character, and for him to try to offer him this little monopoly money that he has going on down here, it looks like something he probably got off Amazon or something to trying to show for. You know, I, you know, me personally, if I was a champion and somebody offered me fifty thousand dollars, you can have this title. <laughs> you can. You can have this title, honey. I can go home after this. You know what I'm saying? I can go to bed. I can go do something else, you know, but 
no. You could buy you a replica? <laughs> a couple of them, obviously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could buy you a replica title if you want. A couple. Uh, yeah. Honestly, a couple. But, you know, it's nice to see to see Hook actually have longer, lengthier matches because it allows you to at least see that he can wrestle and that he has some type of wrestling ability. You know, despite, you know, his his previous competitors that he's had. And this was a fairly good match. It was a nice way to, to close out and end it um, with locking in the sleeper as well as on the butler, too, who was out there trying to interfere as well. Um, so it was a great way um, to close out this. And Hook is still holding the title. So shout out to Hook. Um, maybe he'll get some more different opponents you know, as well as as he continues to to hold this title, because at one point I forgot he was even holding this title. I forgot that he even exists. I was like, dang, everybody was so hook, hook this, send hook, send hook. It was a lot of hype around hook, and now it's like we barely even see him. So mm -hmm. mm, that's funny. And then you know something else about the trustbusters that I am not beginning to understand. It's just the fact that Sunny mm -hmm. Kiss joined them and. Where has she been? That is a good question. Um, Why hasn't she been featured more? She'll be she a lot of times more so. She'll be featured on like dark. Sometimes she's been on TV with them uh, since they since she's kind of joined them. Um, but sometimes she would be on dark a lot, and she was. I want to say she was on there on on Dynamite either. A week ago or two, I want to say I can't necessarily don't quote me, but I think so. I mean, she's been seen, but not as as often as you would as you would think, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I think okay. I'm not gonna say anything just yet. <laughs> um, but moving forward, we did have this bizarre of a segment, and as much as I love Matt Hardy from a of course obvious um place this segment was weird um but it wasn't weird weird because i know why it happened but part of me was like uh, you had ethan page <laughs> and stokely carmichael sort of addressing the idea that they got their that matt hardy got his contract bought and also private party and as they were addressing it matt hardy started rapping and i know that matt hardy is one of the is one of the wrestlers in our lives that has a tendency to go in and out of different personalities in wrestling and actually keeps it fresh. But I was not expecting him to rap. This was not something that I was full on expecting. But like once it happened, I was like, did that really just happen? But he did that. And as you can see, Stokely was looking confused. We were all, I was bewildered and it was just odd. So. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I didn't. When he started rapping, I was kind of like, "What?" <laughs> I, I thought maybe this was just his way of trying to like talk within a character format. But like I said, when he started rapping, I I kind of got a little bit lost, you know. And it seems like, I mean, of course, it required you know private party and they're nowhere to be found because Stokely said that they're training at his facility or his his wrestling school so that they can hone their wrestling skills as if they're not already amazing talents anyway. Right. Um, 
And so basically they're just saying that, well, you know what? You guys are not going to be on TV. You're going to be on dark. So that's where you're going to be at. And Matt is just like rapping. And I don't, I can't even remember what he said, but he was just like, see you on Monday guys. And it's just like, okay. I don't know where this is going. I really don't. I really can't say I know where this is going, but it's just, it's just really interesting to me. I will say that it really is. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, we're going to keep Matt lifted in prayer. Um, <laughs> we'll just keep him lifted. We'll keep him lifted with good energy, good vibes, and prayers, if you believe in that sort of thing. So, moving forward, <laughs> we got this beautiful moment. Except it wasn't Penelope Ford versus Willow Nightingale. It was actually Layla Gray versus Willow Nightingale because... Uh, Penelope Ford is injured, so she couldn't compete. So mm-hmm. Layla Gray took her place as one of the ba- um, baddies and stuff. And Willow came out with her beautiful, purple, loving self. And this match, I think across the board tonight, you can say that the women had time. And in this match, they had way more time than you're sort of expecting from your regular rampage women's match and i am so so happy they did um this match was really good for the most part you had um layla gray um having some offense early on and basically trying to get in the head and mess up um willow nightingale but willow was powering out of a lot of things she lifted her a couple of times and actually slammed her down she was tackling her and i was just like come on willow tackle tackle this heifer tackle her in in the most respectful way um just tackle her and just i just i love willow so I was just happy to see her, you know, have all of this action going on. But then as she got stomped out and stuff, there was another point where she also got distracted um, by Kiara Hogan. And then she got kicked outside of the ring um, once they went to picture in picture. And then Layla was taking advantage of that. But then once they came back from commercial, Willow was able to turn it around, even though Kiara was still trying to distract. But then Willow was actually able to distract Layla Gray and push her, you know, and allow her to push um, Kiara down. And then after that point, she took advantage and hit a slam in order to win her match. So Willow won on television, and I'm, but I'll talk about how I really feel about it. And then after she won her match, Tony Schiavone came in the ring, and he and she shook his hand. And she based and Tony Schiavone made the announcement and said that Willow Nightingale is officially all elite. And y'all, if you are of the Indies and if you know this woman, you understand the big deal that this is because she had been wrestling with them for the past few months. But at the same time, no one was really sure if she really was going to sign with them or not. Like, you never really know, you know, in the wrestling business. But seeing her get this moment on live television at that, because this was a live rampage, seeing her get this opportunity and them broadcasting it on this level was such a huge deal. And she is all woman of color. So to see this happen and then... And this happening the same year, like, I actually met her and was able to call 
her action as a part of Thick and Juicy 2.0 um, with Brooke Valentine at Black Girl Magic 2 in Brooklyn, New York. Like that meant the world to me. And to see her rise and fight also at Jobber Slam too. And now to see her get signed was just a beautiful moment indeed. And I am so proud of her. I'm so happy for her. So, San, how did you feel about this match? And how do you feel about Willow getting her moment in the sun on a live rampage? Right. I the match, it was it was really good, honestly. I mean, I feel like to to go back to even just like Penelope before, I mean, she was she was recently gone for a while because she was injured, and now she's re-injured again. So it's just like I don't know what's necessarily going to happen with Penelope Ford or where her career lies within AEW because she just managed to just get injured once again. Uh, in regards to Layla Gray, I think a lot of people sleep on Layla Gray. She's a, a really great wrestler. She's, she's for God's sake, she's holding the OVW Women's Champion, you know, in a different promotion. She's a great talent, a great wrestler. And someone like Willow Nightingale, who has been working for a very, very long time, I got introduced to Willow because I saw her on ROH. And from since then, I have watched this woman grown to like her a lot, become a fan of her and her work and how like the presence that Willow Nightingale has as a baby face, a lot of people don't have that. You know, saying she's enough, she can she can be very bubbly, but she can also get in there and beat your ass too. I remember watching a match of her that she had with Deanna Peraza Impact for like a Deanna Champ Champ Challenge. She took the Deanna's an amazing wrestler, but Willow Nightingale took Deanna to like a whole another level with the match and to see her finally make the decision to want to sign with AEW since she's kind of been working alongside with them um is no surprising i'm extremely excited for her i'm extremely happy i even tweeted out let's go so happy for willow it's it's amazing for her to want to work with um AEW and I'm ready to see where her career goes in AEW. Maybe, you know, although she signed with AEW, maybe they'll have her do some things in ROH. I mean, Final Battle was just announced recently and it's going to take place in December. So, I mean, maybe somewhere down the line, ROH may get a TV deal or something like that or uh, whatever they choose to do and make a weekly show and maybe Willow will do some things over there um, while continuing to build a career at AEW. But I mean, I'm, I'm excited for her. I'm happy for her. Shout out to Willow, man. Like she's, she's definitely one to definitely watch out for. I tell you that much. And they better do her right. They better do it right. Please. Like, and we'll just leave it at that. They better do all right. <laughs> Otherwise, we coming. We are. We riot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, moving forward, after this moment took place, um, Tony and Willow left the ring. And you had the baddies in the middle of the ring. And then Jade Cargill came out after that point and sat in the middle of the ring and basically, you know, stated her case and said that she was going to sit there in the ring until Nyla Rose gave her her title back. But mm -hmm. in the midst of all of that, on another video <laughs> on a vignette, um, well, not a vignette, you saw 
Nyla Rose singing in the car um, that they left the keys in. You know, this was Jay Cargill's rental car, I believe is what she said. Mm -hmm. Um, She was insulting her and singing to her and basically said that she had stolen her car and that she still has her title and she's going to, you know, mm, I forgot most of what she said. But a lot of it was just very trolly, and she was really making fun of the entire situation. And she drove away with her car, and the baddies were really upset about that. And Jade really sent the baddies out to try to like get her or whatever. But I'm like, girl, what is that gonna do? She's yeah. rolling away in a car, and you guys are inside the building. Like, what? What is that gonna do? And then Jade proceeded to take fast. more, huh? That's not let's take a run fast, right? And then they have all heels and and gear too. Like that's not gonna work. But then Jade also proceeded to take out her frustrations out on security again, which never stops being entertaining because that that woman just destroys everyone. But yeah, that's pretty much what that segment was. It was really funny. I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I loved all of this, you know, close to main event time being filled with women you had all this time you had a special moment with one girl and it was just a lot going on so i really enjoyed all of this having to do with the women i enjoyed it so sam yeah. how do you how did you feel about the nyla segment with jade i've been enjoying this ever since nyla ran off with the title and it's been hilarious it's been so funny and it just seems as if like Nyla is really just working her way up to get up under the skin of Jay Cargill to the point where she she's trying to get her title back. She's been working on trying to get her title back. And Nyla is holding it hostage, claiming that she is a real TBS champion, having matches on dark with the title, on Rampage with the title. And uh, literally showing up at signings with the title too. Literally, <laughs> like has the name in her on her Twitter page, you know, as TBS <laughs> DJ Nyla Rose. So like, all of this is so hilarious. And I and like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying the build up. I'm enjoying the story that they're building surrounding this um, with Nyla and Jade. And you know, like Joseph said, Nyla will get her shot at full gear. I mean, if she does get a shot at full gear, because it seems like this is where it's going to go, um, I'm excited for it. Whatever happens, happens. Um, but I'm I'm definitely excited for for this match with Nyla and and, and Jade. I will say that. I am too. Like I'm really excited for it. I just love this and I just love how all of these girls just got the time. Like I just really enjoy it and I want more of it, you know, across all of their shows on the YouTube shows, definitely on Dynamite and definitely on Rampage continuously. So this was great. I enjoyed it. It gets an A plus plus from me. And congratulations to Willow again because we freaking love you. All right. Yes. Yes. Ma'am. <laughs> All right. So moving towards the main event. We had the Dark Orders <laughs> 10 <laughs> Preston Vance versus Orange Cassidy, the AEW All Atlantic champion, a new one at that, versus Roosh. So there was a segment involving them backstage that had to do with um Orange Cassidy challenging them. And when Mark Henry asked him, you know, in their interview, why did he challenge him? And Orange was like, Because I felt like it. And it was just so funny. And I'm just like, you are just the most nonchalant man on the planet. 
I love it. It's just so funny. So after, and then Orange low-key tried to take Mark Henry's place by saying, well, it looks like there's been enough talk. And Mark was like, first of all, no, that's not even your line. <laughs> that is not your slogan, okay? So be quiet. So he was just like, it looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. And then they went to it. So this match was pretty insane and pretty intense. And also shout out to um, Dark Orders 10 for actually bringing out Negative One because we always love to see him. Um, and we love to see that he's doing okay, of course, um, in his life. So shout out to him. Um, and hopefully he'll be a future champion at some point if he does decide to pursue wrestling because he is indeed still young and he has choices. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, shout out to him. And so this match was pretty crazy. Like there were lots of spots outside of the ring. There were moments where Ten and Rouge actually crashed Orange Cassidy or tried to crash him through a table and didn't break. Mm -hmm. um, there were, of course, moments where Orange Cassidy was jumping all over the place, all over his other two opponents. Rouge was being really um, aggressive in this match. Like it was just like a really good triple threat match for this title like it was just really rough and really crazy but in the midst of it all orange cassidy wound up winning the match and he retained his all atlantic championship um so that's pretty much what happened there and then Danhausen was out there too i forgot about him he actually cursed yeah he actually cu cursed jose and that was fun. And then he kicked him in the privates too. It's just, I feel like kicking people or stomping people in the nuts today was just really a, a theme. So we yeah. bookended it with that. So that was really fun. So, yeah. Nice. And Sam, how did you feel about this match? You open up the show with crushing nuts and you end the show with crushing nuts. Not, I don't know. It was a crazy. It, it was a, a crazy show for uh, Rampage tonight, and I, I thought maybe it was like pre-recorded or something. But to know that it was live, I think that's great. I feel like if if they could do their shows live, especially for certain things, I think it'd be great. It cuts down on the spoilers and things like that. Um, but nonetheless, Orange Cassidy he just won his title. Wasn't expecting him to lose it. But this is a great way to close out the show. Um, all three of these guys are very different, have very different styles of, of wrestling um, that they have. All three of them do. And so it was quite entertaining. It was very much fast paced. Although, despite all of the other things that was happening around the ring with Dan Housen, um, and so on and so forth. And, child, I was just kind of like when he came out with with the best friends. I'm like, are you trying to replace Chris Atlander? Mm. Why are you here? <laughs> you know, but it was just like, why is that happening? I wasn't really expecting him to pop up here with them. But um, shout out to Orange Cassidy for retaining his title. I, at first, this is actually supposed to be a one on one between. Um, was it Roosh and uh, Dark Orders? What's his name? Um, ten. Yeah, Ten. It was supposed to be a match with with just those two, and then they turned into a triple threat match because that's what they re that's what they had previously announced for it, and then they made a triple threat match. So I mean, I mean, hey, every chance you get, if you're holding the title in AEW, best believe you're going to defend your title every week. Mm -hmm. 
somehow, some way, you're going to be defending your title. So if you choose to come up into this title picture, you know, somehow, some way, and become a champion, you're going to defend your title. And for this to be Orange Cassidy's first title defense, this winning the title, I think is great. Um, excited to see more of what he, you know, accomplished with this title, ready to see other opponents that he faced, where this, like, if he's going to have a, a, a long few that leads up to a uh, full gear that's coming up real soon, um, or is he going to, you know, is there going to be, what is there going to happen for him, and what's going to happen for Roosh, um, and even Tien as well, so I mean, it was, a, it was a really good match, thoroughly enjoyed it, and that's how you close out Rampage, to be honest. Yeah, and yeah, it was a really good match to close out this live show. It was great. Um, and that ended the show properly. But then, of course, um, to I don't want to necessarily end it on a somber note, but this week, AEW did lose a person who was their lead video engineer, Brian Muster. Um, he passed away, leaving behind a fiance and um, an unborn, I believe, baby and was also a father to another child. So yeah. we want to send our condolences to the Muster family and anyone who was close to him and anybody who worked with him as well. And they said on commentary during this match that they would rename their um, backstage um, component the Mongo position. Mm -hmm. um, so that will be happening. And I believe that they played a nice tribute to him at the end of the show and they ended it with that. So we want to send a rest in peace to um that gentleman and i hope that you're you were loved and supported and we continue to love and support on his family during this difficult time so that's really the end that's that was the end of rampage that was man wow all these both both shows are really good i will say um, a lot of things happen on both shows. Extremely interested in seeing what happens next week, even going into Dynamite. I know that the return of Riho, she's back and she's going to be facing uh, Jamie Hayter come Wednesday. And even Daniel Garcia and Chris Jericho are teaming up to face uh, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta. So, I mean, it's a lot of things happening on, on Dynamite this week. And, um, I guess we'll figure out what's going to happen for Rampage next week as well once they announce it too. So, and uh, I will definitely be here, and Stephanie will be here as well to talk about these things, man. You know, me and Stephanie, we're here uh, together for however, whenever, you know, we're not, you know, heavenly business and, and other parts of our life and things like that. So, uh, just said, I agree with Stephanie. Thoughts and prayers with his family. I read an article he passed on Wednesday, so everybody did a great job considering their thoughts with uh, where the Bryant's family true. That is very, very true. Um, and wishing um, a lot of positive energy and, and prayers to Hangman Adam Page. Uh, he yeah. a concussion um, on Tuesday with his match with uh, John Moxley. Um, it's kind of sad they had to kind of stop the match in the middle, but he did tweet out and said that he was doing really well. Um, and he should be back really soon. And maybe him and uh, Moxley will be able, to be able to, you know, run it back, you know, again and everything like that. So, uh, wishing Heyman Page a speedy recovery, but 
that's pretty much the end of this show here, you guys. Uh, thanks so much for joining us in here, JD. Let's go to the comments to kind of give you guys a shout out for those who are here. Joseph, of course, Jalen. I saw Ricky in here, JD, of course. Uh, Aaron was in here. And I think I ended up seeing the Broken Tables podcast in here too. Yeah. Uh, so thank you guys, everyone, for hanging out with us on this Friday going into Saturday because it is Halloween Happy Day. And of Woo! course, the post show happening with Stephanie, TK, and Al. They these ladies will be covering the uh, Halloween Havoc post show. So make sure you guys check out for the Instagram and socials of when that's going to be happening and taking place. The time so that you guys can be here to discuss Halloween Havoc because. Hopefully Melo comes home with that that three P, you know, saying that that three time North American champion. Hopefully, I don't know, but I'm, I'm always rooting for Melo. Hopefully, we may get a new we may get a new women's uh, NXT champion. I'm I'm definitely rooting for Alba Fire to dethrone Mandy Rose. I will say that. Um, other than that. I know that triple threat match with Braun, JD, and, and Dragonov is going to go crazy. It is. I am. That's a match there that I really do want to see, and I know it. I just, I just know it's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited to see that match. But um, definitely be here for the post show of happening later on today because today is Saturday. Um, Make sure you guys check out the website as well. Uh, we got articles going out every day. Steph, make sure you check out Stephanie's article that she dropped today. Uh, top five Zelina moments, uh, Zelina Vega moments. So make sure you check out that. Um, check out any of the other articles that we do have dropping every day. Make sure you guys go back and watch all of our post shows. We have different shows happening each and every day except for on the weekend. Uh, Turnbuckle Glam will be returning this Sunday, so make sure you guys tune in for that. And then, of course, Monday's Monday Night Raw post show, uh, and the news. And I think on Tuesdays, you guys do wow, or you do wow on Mondays. We do wow on Mondays, okay, at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Okay. Central. Got it. So, wow, is happening on Mondays. Well, so, we got three shows happening on Monday, no shows on Tuesdays. Um, Wednesday, we have, of course. Uh, AW Dynamite with the Dynamite Dolls, and of course the, the WT Live News. On Thursdays, we have the NXT post show. We have the Return of Creek Squad, and then of course close out your Thursdays with the Salt Shakers, Nikki and I taking over Impact Wrestling, and then we'll be back again next week for another edition of SmackDown and a Rampage Pro Store with, of course, us here, Stephanie and myself. Um, make sure you guys follow us on all social media platforms at WTalkPod or at Women's Wrestling Talk uh, everywhere. LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok as well, TikTok. We do have a TikTok uh, account. Make sure you guys check out that too. And yeah, that's about it. Stephanie, once you let everyone know where they can keep up with you at and everything like that. Well, of course, you can follow me, your girl, Stephanie Hardy, on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. Um, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast is still very much up. You can still subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, and listen to my past episodes, you know, on every other platform. You can listen to audio podcasts as well. And 
even though I'm on hiatus right now for my show, I'm still under construction so my show can continue to evolve into its best self. So please be on the lookout for that. Also, be on the lookout for the um, MCM Comic Con that's taking place in Birmingham, UK um, in November. Me and our fellow co-host Katrina Blake of Incat We Trust and so many other gifted women of color in wrestling will be participating in that panel talking about what it's like to be a woman of color in wrestling. So more details should be out about that um, later. But if you follow Katrina at NCAT We Trust, there will be more information on that. But please support us in that as well. And you can continue to watch um, the New York Comic Con panel that we did do on her YouTube channel at NCAT We Trust as well. So really, that's what I'll, that's all I've got going on. But continue to follow and support your girl at Queen Steph Hardy. And read my article, because I put a lot of love into the top five <laughs> Zelina Vega moments article. It was a it was so fun to write. And I was and I was so happy to write it. And I'm so happy it came out today. So please check that out on www.topline.com, please. So yeah. Yes, yes. And of course, as for me, Drian Santana, you can this is not my Instagram or Twitter handle anymore. Things have changed. I'm really diving into the holistic side of me. Of course, Stephanie or Stephanie tries to bring out the baby face in me, but it's just I, I have to I have to cut it thin a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Let it fly. I have to cut it like uh no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys can definitely, of course, still Google me, Drian Santana, D-R-I-U-N-E-S-A-N-T-A-N-A -A -A, uh, on Google. And that's where you're going to find me. You can catch me hosting stains here on Women's Rights and Talk. Um, you can catch me taking some one of photos on my Instagram as well. Uh, at Holistic Muse on Instagram, at Holistic on Twitter. You know, doing some things over there as well gearing up for the nwa show that's happening next month i will be going to the nwa uh hard times three uh show and uh revolution uh show happening on the november the 12th and the 13th i'll be going there um and that's pretty much gonna be happening it for me for wrestling shows maybe for right now don't really know what i'm gonna do in december might go to a smackdown show might go to a super show who knows but yeah that's about it but once again thank you guys so much for hanging out with us here on women's wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet and we'll see you guys next week bye y'all <laughs> women's morning. wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet
Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.